It is Wednesday, April 21st here at Draft Shark Studios in, in snowy Rochester, New York. Welcome to the 34th Quick Hit Pod in our Dynasty Prospects Scouting Report series. I'm your host, Matt Schiaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. You can now find 40 rookie scouting reports on DraftSharks.com. Every single one of those is free for you to read, and they will stay up there beyond next week's NFL Draft. So, you know, even if we get to the draft and you're like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be excited about that guy. Come on back then, learn about them. We're going to keep those up forever. They'll be free. So you can also find every one of these accompanying podcasts on the Draft Sharks YouTube channel, as well as any of our podcast feeds. Today, we move to the backfield for one of the premier fantasy prospects in this class, Clemson running back Travis Etienne. Etienne posted dominant high school numbers, including 2,938 rushing yards and 42 touchdowns as a junior. 2,459 rushing yards and 39 more total touchdowns as a senior. He hit the recruiting landscape a little bit later than most other top targets because he didn't do the whole camp circuit that a lot of them do at this point. He eventually emerged at a Nike camp in New Orleans in the spring after his junior year of high school, was there with Clyde Edwards-Elair, who was also a Louisiana high school prospect, basically matched him in the testing there, outran him in the 40, and suddenly colleges are like, oh, crap, who's this guy? We got to check in with them. Travis Etienne originally committed to Texas A&M before his senior year of high school, but he then decommitted, wound up choosing Clemson among loads of other offers once he reopened that process. There's a great quote from LSU coach Ed Orgeron on missing out on Travis Etienne in that recruiting cycle, but I'm going to make you go to my article to see the quote. It's a good one. As a true freshman at Clemson in 2017, ETN split carries with Tavy and Feaster. Each of those guys carried 107 times in a crowded backfield that actually had QB Kelly Bryant as the leading rusher. ETN averaged 7.2 yards per rush for that team versus Feaster's 6.3. Only caught five passes, though, fourth among Clemson running backs on that 2017 team. ETN became the clear leader, though, in 2018. That was the year Trevor Lawrence took over the QB job from Kelly Bryant. ETN carried 204 times. That led Feaster by 126. His 8.1 yards per rush beat Feaster by two and a half yards per carry in that category. Still just 12 catches, though, for ETN, which ranked just ninth on the team. That Clemson squad, of course, went on to beat Alabama for the national title. In 2019, things went similarly, really, for everybody. Tavian Feaster transferred to South Carolina, so ETN led a different competitor by 103 carries. He averaged 7.8 yards per rush this time. That beat new number two, Lynn J. Dixon, by 1.7 yards. Significantly boosted his receiving this time to ETN. 37 catches ranked him third on the team. His 432 receiving yards ranked third on the team. Four touchdown catches tied for third on the team. And in each of those cases, the only guys that beat him in those categories were T Higgins, who of course is now a Cincinnati Bengal and Justin Ross, who's probably going to be in the NFL pretty soon. That team went on to lose two Joe Burrows, LSU Tigers in the title game. ETN surprised most bystanders by not entering the NFL draft after that junior season. Clemson offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott indicated that a desire to improve his receiving work was a big part of ETN coming back to Clemson. The player, of course, would only say that he wanted to seal his legacy for the Tigers. Whatever the case, the receiving definitely picked up in his final season. ETN's 48 catches set a single-season Clemson record for a running back. 588 receiving yards led the position nationally. ETN led all 115 draft-eligible running backs in pro football-focused receiving grade. 
He ranked fourth at the position in yards per route run among that group. His rushing production dropped 5.4 yards per carry was a solid number for most guys, but it was a big step down versus seasons of 7.2, 8.1, 7.8 for ETN. The O-line losses did not help his case there. Clemson lost four starters to the NFL following the 2019 season. ETN tallied just 1.8 yards before contact per attempt in his final season at Clemson. That's 1.8 versus 2.8 the year before versus 3.8 in 2018. So obviously a much different rushing situation. That offense also lost T. Higgins to the NFL. Justin Ross missed the season with injury. Trevor Lawrence even missed a couple games. So really, overall, just a very different offensive situation for ETN. He still played every game for the fourth straight year. He earned first-team All-America recognition for the third straight year, set conference records for career rushing yards, total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, and points. Also scored in an FBS record 46 games for his career among 55 outings. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I think as as strong a production profile as any running back in this class, maybe the best production profile. I mean, getting on the field at a big-time program like Clemson as a true freshman is impressive, was the team's lead back over the past three seasons now. 7.2 career yards per carry, 11.3 career yards per catch. I like that durability you mentioned. I mean, I did some digging today. You know, he had a hamstring tweak in 2017, banged a knee up late this past season, but like you said, did not miss a game over four seasons of, you know, pretty heavy usage at a big time program. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that usage in a few minutes, but uh, for now let's move to the film and talk about what we see with ETN. And I mean, not surprising, it's pretty fun to watch. So I think that you have to start with the speed because that's the greatest calling card for him. It jumps out. There's terrific initial burst to Travis ETN's running. There's obvious long speed as you would expect from him running 443, 445, whatever the reported time from his pro day. You'll see clips where he's building separation versus defensive backs. I mean, most times when a running back puts on one of those long runs, it's a matter of whether he can like hang on without the DB catching him right at the end. Travis Etienne, you can watch, and in the first clip that I put in my article, he's running away from Pittsburgh defensive backs that started further downfield than he did on this run. So, I mean... There's whatever number you go with for his 40, he's very fast. That's not going to be an issue at the next level. He's more than just fast, though. ETN is running through arm tackles near the line. He's maintaining balance through early contact. He's not afraid to punch it inside in short yardage situations. He's not – a lot of times you'll, you'll see the speedbacks looking for opportunities to bounce outside even when they're not there. I didn't see that with him. I, I didn't watch every game. I did watch nine games over the past three seasons. I didn't see a problem of bouncing it outside. I saw an ability to do so. And I also saw the willingness to run it up inside and the speed also, in addition to allowing him to run away from defenders, it, it's the ability to shoot through a gap when it shows up in the offensive line. So, you know, it's, it's short speed and it's long speed for ETN. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he he's a speed back first and foremost. I, I think the you know the four four five might have been even semi disappointing. I know he weighed in at two fifteen in his pro day. I, I've heard a lot of people say they think he put on some weight, so he he might be more of like a two oh eight guy, but you know who runs like a a, a high four threes. So I, I think you know that's kind of how he plays like a you know high four three guy. So curious, you know what weight he plays at at the next level. The acceleration you mentioned is just as impressive as the speed. You know, he hits holes so quickly. He outruns angles near the line of scrimmage. He has more power than he, he's generally given credit for. You can see, you see him break arm tackles. I think he does a good job pushing piles forward. Like he keeps his feet moving after contacts. So, I mean, he, he's not just a finesse back the vision thing. I've heard multiple like film watchers that I trust 
say that, you know, he, he, he doesn't have the best vision. It's, you know, the, the probably the weakest point of his game. I did notice him like kind of stop his feet behind the line of scrimmage a few times when he didn't see a hole right away. So, you know, maybe that's a concern, but again, the guy averaged 7.2 yards per carry over four seasons. Like it can't be that big, big of a concern if he was that productive against, you know, high level competition in the passing game. I think he is as good as any back in this class, you know, look super comfortable, you know, making catches outside of his frame. Wasn't split out wide a whole ton at Clemson, but again, just how he looks catching the football, how he moves, I think that's something he definitely can and probably will do in the NFL. Yeah, I didn't see in any of the games I watched any samples of him splitting out wide and running wide receiver type routes. So uh, whether that matters will probably depend on who his NFL team is. And, you know, frankly, maybe he can do it and Clemson just didn't feel the need to have him do it. I saw, though, a guy that looked comfy enough and confident enough catching the ball at least over the past two years and transitioning from that catch to the run and certainly maximizing the gain after that. He's definitely going to get schemed two screens in his NFL offense. And if he's not, then they're doing it wrong because he's terrific with the ball in his hands. However, he gets there. The pass protection is not good. That was the worst thing I saw from him on tape. You know, again, whether that matters will probably depend on his NFL team. I I think the one spot where it might be a worry is if he lands on a team that has a good pass catching running back already. And that guy, the incumbent is also good at blitz pickup. I could see that limiting the initial reps for Travis Etienne, but certainly at the moment, I don't think it's a concern that holds you up at all. Yeah. I mean, when a guy catches over 80 balls over the past two seasons, you hope the team drafting him and you know he's going to be a top 50 pick and he could sneak into round one, you know, that you hope the team that drafts him is going to want to use him in the passing game. Moving ahead to the fantasy outlook. Now our pals, Adam Krautwurst and Mike Shope had Jay Moyer on the deep end podcast a couple of days ago. That will also go out through the DS pod feeds as soon as I get a chance to, to process it. So Jay Moyer is an experienced running back evaluator. He or someone else on his level might be able to get specific on those issues that Jared was talking about earlier that might limit Travis Etienne's upside. From my standpoint, I don't see bothersome limitations. I mean, beyond his specific running style, maybe it bothers you that he played four years in college. He's still younger than Najee Harris and Ramondre Stevenson in this class, though. He's only four days older than Trey Sermon, just three and a half months older than Michael Carter. There's questions about the workload, which could go either way, though. So I think it gets tricky. I think normally you'd like a running back to leave early so that he's skipping those extra hits in college. But ETN ranks only 10th among all running backs over the past three draft classes in total college carries. That's despite starting three years, never missing a game, despite those extra games that came with running through the national playoffs every year. So then the other side of that is maybe you wonder whether he's ready for a bigger workload in the NFL after Clemson only had him average 13.8 carries over the past three seasons. So, I mean, I guess if you're concerned about that, which is it, do you want him to get hit more or do you want him to hit the NFL with fewer carries on his resume? So I think, whether he's ready to hold up to more work than that is going to be up to his NFL team. And I'm sure that even NFL teams are not going to agree on that front. I wouldn't bet on him carrying 20 plus times a game, but most guys in the NFL aren't carrying 25 plus or 20 plus times a game at this point. If you get 15 plus carries per game in the NFL, you're a top eight running back in volume. Yeah. Well, I think his NFL role should be similar to, you know, the, the type of volume he saw at Clemson. My comp for ETN for multiple years now has been Alvin Kamara. And, you know, it's obviously lofty. Kamara's awesome. Landing in New Orleans was the best possible landing spot for him. That's boosted his production from what I think it would have been elsewhere. But I, I think ETN should play a similar role, you know, 12 to 14 
carries per game, but uh, you know, a big part of his team passing game, four, five, six targets per game. I think that is where he'd be, you know, best in real life and in fantasy football. He is going to be my pre-draft RB one. You know, it's it's really close with Najee Harris. You go either way. If Harris lands in a significantly better spot, you know, he'll surpass ETN in my post-draft rankings. But I just, you know, I think ETN to me better college production as far as you know total volume and also efficiency. He's nearly a year younger than Najee Harris, as you mentioned, Matt. I think ETN is going to be a bigger weapon in the passing game than Harris is. Harris is good in the passing game too, but I just think ETN is going to you know bring more to his NFL passing game. I also like too that we got measurables from ETN. You know, Harris didn't work out in the pre-draft process. ETN earned a 91st percentile relative athletic score. He had a 109.7 speed score, you know, well above the 100 mark that we look for always. So you know, that, 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 again, is just a way to break the tie for me between him and Harris, just that, you know, we, we got that stuff. We confirmed that ETN is a high level athlete, even for, even for an NFL running back. That's what I have down. All I'm waiting for is to see where he lands, whether it's in round one or into round two and exactly what backfield he lands in. Cause you know, that can help us to determine what we can expect workload wise, but I agree. ETN's my RB one heading into the NFL draft landing spot could shuffle the top of that board. If ETN lands with Buffalo and Atlanta takes Najee Harris or Javante Williams, then I'm going to be shuffling things because I think that's a better situation. But mm-hmm. for now, you know, in a vacuum, all things equal, it's Travis ETN at the top for me. Yeah, me too. I think Atlanta and Pittsburgh are the two prime landing spots, right? And so if either Etienne or Harris lands there, um, then that guy's going to be RB1. Hopefully, you know, Harris lands in one spot and Etienne lands in the other. And we, you know, could be looking at like two top 12 rookie running backs this season. And whether it's round one or round two could impact how much we expect to get from him right away. I did have a table in my article on DraftSharks.com looking at the round two running backs from the past few years. So you can head over to DraftSharks.com now. Check out my full scouting report on Travis Etienne. While you're there, check out the 39 other prospect scouting reports as well, plus Jared's article from Tuesday looking at whether it makes sense for you to trade away your round one rookie pick in Dynasty Leagues this year. That one's only for DS Insiders. You're going to want to secure your insider access to see our pre-draft rookie rankings next week, plus the post-draft version that will come out a week later. Check back with us on here tomorrow, though. We will not only be delivering our 35th scouting report, on the Draft Sharks YouTube channel. But Rich Rebar of Sharp Football will also be joining us live at noon Eastern to talk about this entire rookie class. In the meantime, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at Draft Sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. I am at Schauf DS. It's S C H A U F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.